0: Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Turn to your Bibles to Numbers 14.6. Today we're talking about what? No fear November. Everybody say no fear. No fear. No fear. November. How long are you going to stay on this for a minute? Because I want you to get this and understand this. Sometimes in life, the ushers are serving you. So as they're serving you, I'm just talking. I'm, this is my filler until I get you get going here. So get ready. You might not realize this, but fear is not just a phobia or a, or a, a, a frightful phobic nature. Fear is a lens you're looking life through if you're not careful. Okay. And that's what I want you to know. A lot of people do not realize what fear is connected to, okay? Because fear is a spirit, okay? God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So if I'm caught up with like, why am I looking at this like this, it might just be a chord. Like if there was a string to a thought or an image, the root of it might be fear, okay? So you got to realize that fear is holding you back sometimes. Have you ever tried to go start a business or something and you're like, man, uh, 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 how, how am I going to pay for the, bill? How am I? You, know, you know what I'm saying? You ain't freaking out like that, but you're thinking like, this is scary. Yeah. A step of faith means a step away from fear. With anything, you right? You're looking at the economy, Dude, what am I going to do? Where is this going to Now you got to start trusting God. Now you might be looking through the lens of fear and not even know it, and that's okay because today we're going to eradicate it because the only way you're going to be able to be a dreamer and a visionary and a person of vision is you're going to have to face fear head on and crush it. But a lot of times it's sneaky because it's not just standing there going like, hey, I'm fear. You know what I mean? You're afraid. You know what I mean? It's a thought. And I'm going to show you what the children of Israel fought against, even though God gave them the blessed life, the best life, they still had to overcome the fear of life. Is that okay? I know. Sometimes, you know, like, it's funny, like the last couple weeks, the topic is not like so exciting, like, yay. But I'm going tell you what, you got to realize fear is shaping your lens you're looking through life through. And then I know like the last couple of weeks, it's been like a grind, and it's okay. We'll be out by this week. I felt it the other day. But I'll break in atmosphere because we're transitioning. Does that make sense? Everybody's in transition. Don't get nervous about it. People are like, oh, what's people doing? Don't worry about what people are doing. Just know what you're doing. Don't make no sudden changes. Stay still. Stay on the course. Keep pushing. Keep pressing. Breakthrough is right there. Okay? Transition is never easy. This is how you grow. God prunes a bush, and then the bush starts growing. You get pruned. and It isn't fun. He deals with your mindsets, ideas, thoughts, all that stuff, and then he snips a couple branches and ain't comfortable. Just ride out the discomfort. You know that encouragements coming around the corner. right? Just don't quit. Don't stop. Just keep going to church. Doing what you're doing. Read the Bible. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Do your part. You're going to come right out on top. Boop. We're going to come right out. Boop. We're going to come right out. Boop on top. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Everybody try it. Boop. Right up on top. Go ahead. Give it a shot. You might like it. Boop. Right up on top. But in the middle of it, you feel like, oh God, what's going on? Don't worry about it. Just stay still. Just keep doing what you know to do. All right. Look at this. Write this down. One of fear's greatest problems is this. It affects your vision and it affects your attitude. Oh, you didn't know that. Why are you grumpy? You think you're hangry? Yeah. No, nah, you ain't more than hangry sometimes. Sometimes fear is affecting your attitude like it affected the children of Israel. It affected what they saw and it affected how they responded. And that's your attitude. Okay? Now you got to be careful fear can be a um it's kind of like it's a, a it's a, it's a reciprocator of action. You know what I mean? So it it it, it challenges you in this like, you know like you can almost really, if you start getting money pressure or fear pressure or married pressure or life pressure, man, you get, it'll jack up your attitude. It will. You know what I mean? And you don't even know why. You're grumpy. You're loomy. You're gloomy. You're all that stuff. Look what happened here, right? One of the greatest problems is what? Fear affects vision. Look what happened when Joshua and Caleb right here in Numbers 14.6. This is good. Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, right, they were part of the scouting party that went out, and you all know, God was trying to take them through a better life, the best life, the promised life, the promised land. How many of you here, right? Wasn't it a better place? Well, it was the land flowing. He talks about it. He wants, he's trying to take them to the land flowing milk and honey, right? He says, they went out and they ripped their clothes and they dressed the assembly people in their land. This is a little bit later. They went, they saw the land. The spies are like, we ain't going. What do you mean we ain't going? We left Egypt to go. The land is the best land. God's taking us to a promise. God's taking us to the provision. God's taking to us place of success. God is trying to take us to a better life, and they're like, "What? We don't want to go. Why? We're afraid. Some, sometimes you're just afraid of the unknown. But you ain't got to be afraid of the unknown because the uh, unknown doesn't mean it ain't known to God. It's known to God. Look what He says here." Just as, as he said, we're going to the land with flows with milk and honey. And he said, with milk and honey, and he'll give it to us. Just don't rebel against God. Does that make sense? They're like, I'm taking you to the best life. He's telling children in Israel, just don't rebel against God. Because right now, guys, where we can go, what we can have, what we can do, everything's in the balance of how we respond. You see it? If we respond right, it's ours. Do you realize if those guys would have took one step into the promised land, everything would have been okay? They talked themselves out of what God had for them. What are you talking out of your life that God wants in your life? Come on. Stop talking yourself out of it. What do you mean? Why can't God? Why not now? Why not you? Why not today? Why? Not? I ain't never seen nobody do it. Who cares? Neither did they. There's three and a half million people with them. The children of Israel... I don't know. Theologically, they figured this stuff out. Whatever. I don't know if it's right, but it's more than three million people. They said three and a half, theologically, they said it's three and a half million people, and out of three and a half million people, two guys believe they can do it. That's the God's honest truth, though. Two guys believe they can do it, and these guys weren't chumps. These spies in the land were the best religious leaders of the day. So, it's like T.D. Jakes, Joel Osteen. Come on, somebody. Pick your favorite preacher. You know what I'm saying? Come on, right? I'm being serious, right? They were like the spies in the land. They went and they came back. Can you imagine if all the body of Christ came back with a report? Like, it's not for the church to do. You'd all be like, I guess we can't do it. Well, Right? right? But guess what? Caleb and John said, nah. God said we can have it. Let's go. They got their harvest. But here's what I'm trying to get you to see. What is becoming limited in your lands, not because God is limiting your lands, But because you're looking through fearful glasses. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, now listen. Now I'm going to tell you how this got prepped up. I was in that Holy Spirit summit. You need to go back and watch it. Wednesday and Thursday, you need to go back and watch it. Because I'm like, look, if you really, Pastor Chris, now I ain't picking on you. Pastor Chris, I picked on myself all week. It was magical. It was really good. I said, listen. Listen. I said, if you, bro, forget about you, and I'm just talking. You, you're in my personal conversation. After I watched it, because I preached it, I had to listen to it, I said, if you are really believing what you're saying, why ain't you giving yourself to it even more? Oh. Pastor Chris, not the church. Mind your business. I'm talking to me. Straight up, bullseye. Like, dude in the mirror. Like, what's wrong with you that I gave you the Holy Ghost, and you got this power, a supernatural ability, why are you not in more? Pastor Chris. Because if you really sold out on this, which you are, how deep you going to go, bro? And then I got on myself even better. It was good. That's why I know we're only in transition because everybody's got to check up from the neck of spirituality, and then we're going to come out, boop, on top, right? So I go... And if you're really walking by faith, Pastor Chris, where, where, is, where, is these, where are you at with this, really? Nah, man, it's time to adjust. So I looked into What am I saying? Everybody loves that Romans 8, 26. All things work together for good to them that love God. And Stop. Not everything's working out good. All the eight is about praying in the Holy Ghost. Read the whole thing in context and understand. He's saying if you're praying in the spirit, you're processing this stuff before his. Not everything's working out good. And everybody goes till shuts down. It's all good? No, it ain't all good. But it's all God. Amen. Now watch this. So then, now listen, God is good, but it's not all good. I got to get ahead of it, and this is what I didn't like, Billy. The responsibility falls on me a little bit, like have you been processing your life through prayer? Pastor Chris, none of your business, right? Have you been processing your life through prayer? Because if you're processing your life through prayer with me praying in the Holy Ghost, maybe I can work out some of the stuff. Pastor Chris, you've been dealing with but you've been a little lazy in your spirit life, Pastor Chris. So when are you going to start picking up the game, kid? Let's go. Pastor Chris. P.S. I'm the Holy Ghost talking to you. Pastor Chris. So what you going to do, brah? on the inside, and then you start going, well, I'll tell you one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to make some adjustments, and, I don't, and I'm telling you, this is what happened, because I ain't talking about all day, but I'm talking about, have you brought that last problem into prayer? I got problems. You not know what kind of problems I got. Ain't a problem you got, you can't bring to the counselor. Hey, hey, I got married. I didn't say married problems. He's a marriage counselor. He's an internal counselor. He's a mind counselor. He's a life counselor. He's a family counselor. He's a, you going crazy. I need counseling counselor. He's the counselor on the inside. When's the last time you checked in with God on the inside of you? Hello? Hello? Pastor Chris, not you. When are you going to get there? Come on. Do you believe this? Do Do you believe it? I say, yeah, I believe it. You know I believe it. Well, then let's go because we're going up. Transition. Let me tell you where everybody's at. I know where the body of Christ is at. You're all in transition. Wake up. It's uncomfortable. You don't like it. It's uncomfortable because you can't stay where you are. Have you noticed you cannot stay where you are right now? This happens every periodic. Let me show you what's up. We are leaving one dimension of God and going into another dimension of God. When you leave the dimension of God you're in, nothing physically changes. Just your spiritual internalness changes. What happens is you cannot go backwards, just like the children of Israel. And you're almost scared to go forward because you do not know what the unknown of the forward looks like. So you're in a very precarious position because you're in transition. Transition for a lot of people means change. They feel very similar. So people will change stuff. They think if they change their job, they change their this, they change their that, they change church, they change this, they change. Change is not gonna produce any results but probably a negative because it's not time to change anything. It's time to sit still, go slow, and hold on. Why? Because if you could press through this season of that you're in right now, through processing your life through prayer, you will come out on top in the next dimension of God. Now how do you get there? Transitionally. These children of Israel are in transition. They're going from one dimension of lack and garbage to a better dimension of good and great. But the problem is you need faith for it. Why? Because the minute you start walking through transition, you're going to notice there's opposition opposing you from getting there. You cannot allow it to grab a hold of your attention because if you do, it'll derail you and it'll make you want to go backward when you're not supposed to go backward. You're supposed to go forward. But but you just gotta hang on where you're at, and even though it feels uncomfortable. Why does transition feel uncomfortable? Because you cannot go where you were. You cannot do what you did. Your prayer life's gonna seem boring, stale, dry. Your word life's gonna seem a little odd, off, messed up. Why? Because it's like trying to go into a spiritual place and do what you did last season in the next season. But what you did last season doesn't work in this season, because this season's better. So what you gotta do is you gotta navigate through the unknown by faith and just hold on. And when you get there, say, hey God, I'm ready to go to what? The erector set of spirituality. How do we navigate this next season of life? This next season of life means different kinds of commitment. They might not mean more commitment, just a different kind of commitment. So what happens is you internalize, wow, I know something's going to another level. I just don't know how I'm getting there. You stand there by faith and hang on. Now, people don't know how to articulate that in natural words, so it's hard to explain it. Just know that's where you're at. So what do you do? You hang on. The children of Israel are hanging on, but they said, hey, look, there's giants in the city. We don't want to go. He said, look, you're missing the point. God said it's our land, so what starts happening is this. Have you ever noticed that when fear shows up, it could change your vision? Have you ever known this? How do you know fear is affecting your vision? Simple. You're going to notice sometimes sorrows of life increase. Yeah, that's fear. See, people didn't notice complaining is a form of fear. Say, so like, why are you complaining? It's a changing your attitude. When you start complaining, when you start noticing you're complaining a little bit more than normal, there's fear connected to that. How in the world could that be? The children of Israel started complaining. Why? Because they didn't want to press forward in faith. Have you ever noticed when your complaining goes up, you don't know why? You think like, well, I'm complaining just because I'm, you know, I'm irritated. Mm-hmm. Right? How many think you're irritated, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and then you, sometimes you think like this. No, it's, conf- it's connected. If you pull the root all the way back, it's fear forming. Because what starts happening with complaining is this. When you're afraid, you basically want other people to share in your misery. Okay. So if you, look, so if you don't think you're complaining uh, is there, sometimes it's fear is manifesting itself better than you can really understand. And it's true. Why am I complaining? Balance it out, right? It's not working out the way I thought it was going to work out with God. So I'm complaining, right? I start complaining. Well, what am I saying in the end? God, if you were true to what you said, you would have done it by now. So maybe it's my lack of faith in the moment. That's why I'm complaining. What do you think the children of Israel did? If you were taking me to a good place, why do I got to go through the walled cities and the giants? If you were a good God, I wouldn't be going through this. They started complaining. They complained so bad, God said, I'd like to wipe them all out. God's merciful, God's gracious, but you get what I'm saying. So watch the complaining. Now here's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to say, oh God, you guys are so bad, you complain. No, what I'm trying to say is if you see complaining show up, Start what? Start understanding that love and faith is waiting for you. What happens when you get afraid? You know what happens. You start drawing back. When you start moving forward with God and you got all these promises on and you don't feel like it's working, what do you do? You start taking steps back. Remember when you made the big press? You're going to run after God. You're going to push. You're going to press or something. What happens? When it gets a little heavy, what do you do? You draw back a little bit. This isn't as comfortable. This isn't as fun. I drew back a little bit. What's another thing you start doing when fear shows up? You know exactly what you do. Not only, you start second-guessing God. You start second-guessing God, don't we? Come on, man. Well, man, come on, God. If I'm in the will of God, why do I got to go through this? God, if this was it, why do I got to do this? God, if this was that, why do I got to go through that? Come on, right? God, if you really called me, why is it taking so long? God, if you really blessed me, why do I got to go through this? God, if you did it, don't we second guess? Come on, I'm preaching way better than you all Amen to me. I know you're tired. Come on. You know what I'm saying? But don't we do I do it. I'm like, hey, God, come on, man. Start second guessing God. So when you start seeing these like little, they kind of like bubble up to the top on the inside, No, you got to start facing off with some of these fears internally. So how do I do that? Number one, you got to understand is, if you take your fears to God, he will destroy them you got to bring your fears to God. Stop trying to hang on to it like, I got it. I'm tough. No, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Look what it says in Psalms. I think it's 34, right? When you read this, you're going to love it. I besought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Bring them to God. See, people are afraid to fail. Do you understand that? you understand that? And some people are afraid to try because they failed so many times. I don't want to try no more. You can't be afraid to fail. Ain't nothing such thing as failing anyway. Come on, you see what I'm saying? Don't get all afraid about this stuff. Well, God and this and that, faith is the opposite of fear, and love is the opposite of fear. Remember we learned that? first. John said, perfect love casts out fear. You ain't going to have no fear if you got love. Hang on that. Don't let that promise go. Don't let those promises go. So here's what we do, right? I sought the Lord. He heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. Man, you know what? If you're facing a fearful moment or you're knowing that something's going on, God's going to deliver you from this mess. You know what I mean? It might not go away immediately, but it's got to go away. you got to trust the Lord. Sometimes you got to bring it to God in the incubator of prayer and just say, God, I'm bringing you my fears. I'm bringing you my frets. I'm bringing you what I'm worried about, and I'm leaving it there. And a lot of you, stop sharing this stuff with people, man. You're trying to get people to understand you. Man, people are not going to understand you. You know what I said last Sunday? I was in Palm Coast later in the day. I said, man, Joseph should have just shut up. <laughs> Who told Joseph to open his mouth anyway? It was his idea. Shut up, bro. Oh, I had this dream. It was great. Y'all are going to bow down and worship me. I'm going to be the king of everybody. Shut up. You think that's smart? Now, look, I know that's a different angle. And it was like, it was supposed to happen. Was it? Well, then his brothers wouldn't have been told. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe God had another way of doing it. Why'd he open his mouth? Let me tell you this dream I had. It was great. It produces jealousy, almost murder. And so now you like over there, like, I should tell everybody. Don't tell that. No, man. You know, Pastor Liz, she laughs with me. I don't do, I, I, I lay low, man. I lay low, bro. I'm moving darkness. Yeah, I don't like nobody knowing what I do. Not that I'm, I ain't got hiding nothing. I'm not hiding nothing. I ain't got no skeletons or none of that weird stuff. So, but I don't like telling anybody what I'm doing. That's the New Jersey in me. You know what I mean? Like, no, nah, I ain't telling nobody nothing, man. Make moves in darkness. Shh, don't tell them what you're doing. Just come show up when the lights come on. Just be ready, you know? So she laughs. Like, I'll just, I'm about that. Like, you know, if I got something in me, I incubate it for a while. Then I try to let it out. Some of you guys, man, I don't know what you're doing. You better hold on to some stuff. Don't be sharing everything with everybody thinking they're going to get happy. And then I'm selective where I share it when I share it because I don't need no doubt and unbelief around me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I told these guys, these business guys, you know, and I was laughing. I said, I don't care what kind of project you come to me with. I can believe God for it. I've trained myself to respond right. Did you understand what I just said? I trained myself to respond right. Because you know what happens the first five guys that show up with these projects? You get jealous if you're not stupid. Me. See, you don't understand. I'm playing like big boy rules. You better catch up. What do you mean? You would get jealous? You're human. You gotta kill your humanity. You understand that? You train yourself like that. So you come to me with this deal. I'm like, I believe God for a billion dollars for you. I don't even care about none of that stuff. I already buried. I killed that guy a long time ago. So you got to realize who those people are that are fully mature. You share this stuff with. You don't share with nobody. Why? They get jealous and get mad. And you don't need no dream killers around you. Caleb and Joshua's biggest problem was they tried to get a bunch of people that weren't going nowhere to see what they saw. You can't do it, guys. Are you getting this today? Stop sharing everything with everybody. They don't get it. Now it makes you lonely. No, it don't make you lonely. It makes you godly. Go to God with this love. God, is this what you want me to do? God, is that what you want me to dream? God, is that what you want me to believe? God, is that what you expect from my life? Don't not allow yourself to dream. Just be careful who you share the dream with. Amen. Come on, right? Amen. Yeah, don't share it with everybody. You got to share it with people get excited. Praise God, man. Build it. Do it. Buy it. Yeah, love it. Yeah, get it. Get around those people that encourage you, and they when they when they see your dream, woo, they got an empire in their mind so big they, they can see the they can see the erector set. The skyscrapers you're building in your imagination. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Get around that. Why? Because here's the big thing: you gotta understand is God will take away the fear. Write this down. You gotta start looking at the promises of God. Write that down. You gotta really look at the promises of God. That's how you get faith for all this stuff. You know? Is that okay? You know, I've been I've been I I got led to do this in the morning service, and I'm gonna do it here. I um this week I've been really challenging myself about my confession. And you know, usually I'm usually I'm kind of like on it for me, for you. So I, I shared it with him at nine o'clock, it was right on. This week, I was challenging myself with my confession. I wanted to up my level of confession understanding. So I've been I've been listening, and I was listening. And this is why this is not communication. There's weight behind what I'm saying. I've duplicated it in my life. So because I've duplicated it in my life, you can have it in yours. Most things you guys listen to is communication. It's fine. I love communication. Communication has no, listen to me. The anointing is the smeared in presence of God. It's rubbed in. If you look up the word anoint, it basically means to saturate almost with God's presence. So if I say something to you, this is why I preface it very very carefully, I want you to catch this. So God was dealing with me about my level of confession. He was like, look, man, you gotta up your confession. You're saying, you're saying. So I was listening to some stuff, and it was dropping weight in my spirit. And I was like, well, if I really believe God's, see, you're afraid. That's why you don't confess the word of God. You don't confess the word of God because you're afraid it's not gonna work. That's why you're not doing as much talking. This thing's all rooted in fear. I'm telling you right now, the spirit of the antichrist is fear-driven. Do you understand know this? So why are you not praying in tongues all day long? Because you're afraid it ain't gonna work. You haven't sold out to it yet. It's the truth. You could I look, I already went in the mirror, looked at the guy here, and said, You're my enemy. I'm not scared of the devil, I'm scared of me. The devil doesn't scare me. I scare me. Because if I don't destroy the me that's trying to keep me from the things of God, it will destroy me. You know what I'm saying? That sounds so radical, but you know what I'm saying. You tell yourself this morning you ain't coming to church, Jesus Christ can't get you up out of bed. You've already made a decision. I'm telling you right here and now. You had to break your human will to get here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know how this thing goes, man. You'll sit there forever, but I'm telling you the stuff I'm talking about. So God's like, your confession needs to go to a whole other level. And I said, you're right. How am I going to get there? So I was listening to something. I was listening to this preacher talking about it. And when he was talking about it, I was getting the the strength to do it at another level. So I'm driving in the car the other day, and I have these affirmations that I like to say sometimes. They're scriptural. So I said these affirmations. I'm spitting them out of my mouth. I stopped at the light. I'm at the light. I felt quickened to do it, Rocks. So I took it out. I don't even remember what I said. Dude, some of them were a little unorthodox for me because they were docs. I I stole them from him. So I, I started affirming them and saying them and affirming them, and saying them, I did about 15 of them, felt good, light changed, went to the next light, Paul, I did about 15, stop, pause, they were all good, you know, boom, put it on, boom, went in the house, did my stuff, don't think nothing of it, next day, I'm in the thing, and all of a sudden, I felt like, like just a, like a shot of like, almost like adrenaline in an, in an area internally, because remember, every thought is connected to a feeling, Every thought is connected to a feeling. That's why when you get around something, you're thinking, you're feeling, you're feeling, you're thinking. That's why when you get around people, you ever get around people and words bring feelings to you about the people that are saying them? Don't ever push against them. They're usually right. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Words and feelings, they connect. All right, I'm not losing you. You're with me. So you understand what I'm saying? So I get this feeling. It's like an adrenaline boost. And I hear this in the inside of me. He goes, that's the manifestation of your confession from yesterday. I said, you know, you're right, because it was encouraging. But I paused. I said, how long did it take? I know God was teaching. It was 18 hours. I said, so you're telling me 18 hours ago I said something, and 18 hours later I'm feeling the manifestation of it. He said, yes. I said, why? He goes, because I'm trying to teach you how important what you're saying around your atmosphere means to your life. And you ain't doing enough talking. Now, maybe it was for today. Maybe it was forever. Maybe it's gonna take 90 hours. I don't know. He got my attention. Who did? God. Where? On the inside. You ain't talking enough. Start talking out loud. Start talking out loud. I'm in Him and move and live and have my being. I'm in Christ. I'm a new creature in Christ. Never been one like me before. I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not a sinner saved by grace any longer. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm blessed. I'm prosperous. I'm healthy. I'm wealthy. I'm wise. I have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. He opens the eyes of my understanding. He shows me who I am. He shows me what I can do. He shows me what I can become all day long when it hits you. I'm blessed. Everywhere I go, I'm blessed. My hands are blessed. Whatever I put my hand to is blessed. The mindsets that I live in are set and parametered by God. I only believe good thoughts. I speak good thoughts. I think upon the good, the lovely, the pure, the just. They're acceptable. I I, I, I rebuke and I destroy negative thoughts. You got to start talking to yourself. Now is it scripturally right? I know it's scripturally right. I don't think the time thing is scripturally right, but guess what? Got my attention. Nowhere in the Bible did he tell me it's going to be 18 hours. It might take you 18 months, but I know it is. I felt it. And I felt it. He quickened me. He's teaching me. He's teaching you that your confession means a lot. So what have you been saying? What atmosphere have you been living in? You've been living in the atmosphere of what you've been saying. Watch what you're saying. Don't say what you used to say. Don't say it. I don't want, that's lying if you say it. God who quickened it to dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. God's just trying to get you to be like him. Stop calling it the way you see it. Call it the way you want it to be. Come on. Change it. This is different kind of atmosphere. You're working with Holy Spirit stuff. See, that's the thing. Oh, go to church and be natural. There's nothing natural about you. The problem with church is this. I was telling Lauren and the kids, kids, I told Evan and Lauren the other day, and I laughed, but it's true. I said, half the stuff we listen to, if we just went to the Word of God, we wouldn't need half this stuff. Oh, let me tell you how to overcome. Let me tell you how to do this. Let me tell you how to do that. Let me tell you how to get encouraged. Let me tell you, stop, pause. It's all great. Sounds great. Let me just take you right to the Word. And what, you live and die by that Word. And that's it. Today when you leave, I'm going we'll pray for you. That's it. You're going to be a word walker. I don't care what I see. Oh, they died. I don't care. The Bible said they'll live and not die. I don't care. I'll step over dead bodies to know that God's true. You understand me? That's the kind of commitment I'm talking about. No more of this negative stuff in your mouth. No more in your mind. Nothing's going to hold you back. No more. You understand? Because you know, the Bible said, no, well, I don't need to understand nothing else. That's what God said. If he's lying and the book's no good, the whole thing's no good, and forget about all that. But God is not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of God that he needs to repent. He said it, and he's going to do it. But you got to get to the place to understand it. That's why you got to go to church. You got to go to church, and you learn this stuff. So what do I got to focus on the word? Look what it says over here in 1 Peter. It said, divine partaker of a divine nature. See, what God did was this. He took his power, and he put it in his word. How he did it? I don't know. He spoke it, and when he spoke it, it created the ability within itself. It's like baking a cake. You know, I told him Thanksgiving's coming, you know, right? So, Somebody's going to bake like a pumpkin pie. Woo, come on, somebody. (laughs) Who likes pumpkin pie? I'm getting hungry already. Come on, right? Yeah, yeah, you're supposed to bake. I got, I got gypped at this last trip because I went. Nestle, I know, I know, I know, right? Come on, right? You got, you, how, how many you know, right? But how many you know, you can't just eat bacon soda. This stuff's disgusting. Ain't it? You know what I mean? So you got to put, you ever have, you ever, you ever watch me, you ever eat, you know, it's funny. One time I was a kid, I remember my mom put cocoa in it, you know, not hot cocoa, cocoa powder. That stuff is disgusting. I thought I was going to be like Nestle's quick. I was like, praise the Lord. I stick my finger in it. I was like, Gross. Like, this is going to make a garbage cake, but it tastes good when you get all the ingredients together, but you can't just have one separated from itself. So you got to have believe and confess, and you got to put it all together. But here's what I want you to know. You can have believe and confess, but you got to make the Word of God your source. You know what I'm saying? Look what he says here. According as his divine power hath given in us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That power is in that Word. Everybody say the power of God is in his Word. When you find the word, you found God's power. Ain't that good? Yeah, that's what it is. He put his power in his words. So when you find the word, you found his power. And when you found the power, now watch this. What power did you find? Well, what power is in that word? If you need some healing power, you go find by his stripes you were. You need some money power, you go find he maketh me rich and added no sorrow. You got to go find some, he keeps his mind in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon him. You got to go find some power of the word in the word you need to give you power. You got married problems, stop going on. Don't be mentioning the divorce word, you ding dong. Stop getting that out of your mouth. Hush your mouth. Walk around the house, say, what God put together, let no man put asunder. I don't want to say that. Well, you ain't committed to the word of God yet. You still talking what you want to talk. I I'm not allowed to say that. See what I'm saying? You see everybody, like, this is cute. Let's come under the word. Once you come under the word, you ain't allowed to say what you want to say, because now the word is my final authority, and I'm not allowed to talk the way I want to talk. I gotta talk the way you told me to talk. Can't talk, broke. Can't why can't you talk broke cuz he told me I'm rich so every time broke try to come out my mouth I can't do it I go <laughs> I'm rich <laughs> I can't c- 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 can't figure out which one I want yet I'm going to get it <laughs> you, can't, you can't you can't you can't talk broke you can't talk sick you can't why cuz I'm under the authority of work you can't, you start even you will talk nice about you you're going to even start talking about nice about people that are nasty Because you only speak good things, even about nasty people. I call them special. I say there's a lot of special people in my life. God has brought them here for some unknown reason. I don't know why. But they're very unique and special. And I love them from afar. Because they're supernaturally special. They come with a different kind of brand of special. They are specialists at being special. But it's okay. So keep looking at the word of God. Now, that's verse 4. We are given unto us exceeding. Everybody say exceeding. Great and precious promises. That by these, you might be what? Of a divine nature. Isn't that a supernatural nature? Yeah, it is. How do I? So what I do is I take that word and I put it in my spirit by what? Speaking it. You got to hear it and speak it. Find it and speak it out of your mouth. Why do I got to say it? Because you write upon a tablet of your heart with the words of your mouth. You put it in your heart. See, your heart ain't the blood pump. Your heart's your spirit. So when you say it, faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God. So when you hear it, what comes? Faith. What do you do when you get faith? You got to put it in your heart. How do you put it in your heart? You start governing your life by it. What does it mean to put it in your heart? It means you start governing your life by it. See what I'm saying? So you start being a governor of life. Very, very important, ain't it? So now I say, okay, now you got to put them scriptures in there and you got to speak them out of your mouth. You ever just read the word of God out loud? makes you feel good. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just get out there and read the word of God out loud a little bit. Get five scriptures. You know you got to do 52 pages of the Bible. Get one scripture. Where are you hung up? Where are you hung up right now today? Get one scripture and then meditate on it all week long. That's all I'm asking you to do. How hard is that? One scripture. If you study one scripture a week for 52 weeks, you got 52 scriptures buried inside of you that are changing your world. See, there are people who want to go, I'm going to read the whole book of, you know, everybody gets, we are so one pendulum side to the other. We have no balance. Like, you come out here, I'm going to read the whole I'm going to go to the one year Bible. Read the whole Bible from cover to cover. I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't even care if you ever did that a day in your life. Half that stuff is good, but you don't need to be reading Levit- Leviticus and all this other stuff. You need. We ain't got that much time. You need. You guys got promises in heaven. You need to get Go find the five hang-ups you got right now. My mind seems like it's losing it. Go find, he keep him in perfect peace in Isaiah. He'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon the Lord. Go find, my money so jacked up. I don't even, I squeak when I walk. I'm so broke, Pastor Chris. Look, look, go in there and go find. It. He said what? That he died on the cross to become rich, and he gave up his richness to make you what? Prosperous. So he became poor so you could become rich. Go find it. Man, Pastor Chris, I got a doctor report. The laundry list is long, man. This is bad. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to uh, go there. If I buy, 1 Peter 2 25. By his stripes, you were healed. Come on. Go get that in. Put it in your heart and stay with that one. Man, my my relationship with my family, always. Oh, God that he's a family reconciler he's a marriage reconciler he can do it all come on find google it for crying out loud find your scripture find your thing put it in there I have you guys got wisdom and knowledge and understanding beyond normal people like Shadrach Meshach and Abednego you the smartest of them Hebrew kids what Shadrach Meshach and Abednego were the smartest all those Jewish kids they were smarter than everybody else these dudes are smart they smarter than everybody else you smarter than everybody else speak the word of God over your life Oh, I don't know if I can have it. The Bible said it's yes and amen. What do you mean you can't have it? If I find it, you can keep it. The Bible is finders, keepers, losers, or weepers. I promise you it's true. You got to find it. If you don't find it, you can't have it. But if I find it, I can manifest it. Come on. Oh, my God, I got five minutes. Come on here, man. Let's go. Here, you want to know why it's important? Because you're a joint heir. Come on, write that down. Romans 8, 16. You're a joint heir. Do you know what that means? A joint heir? You're an heir and a joint heir with Christ. That means Jesus left you an inheritance. You're an heir of the blessing and joint heir with Jesus. Benefit package. You believe this stuff? Then live like a king. You're living beneath your privileges, man. You're living beneath your privileges not living like that. I'm not living with that mindset. I'm not living with this fear. I'm not living with the, ah, somebody say, wait, I ain't afraid. You got insecurity, you're afraid. And every one of us got it. It's true. That's what insecurity is. Insecurity is just fear. How do you know that? Because it's not connected to love. Because if you got insecurities, it's not connected to love, and perfect love casts out fear. And once you start loving yourself, you ain't gonna have no insecurities. I asked God a long time ago, I said, how do you overcome your insecurities? He said, you got to love yourself. I said, loving yourself ain't right. He said, yes, it is. He said, read the Bible. The Bible says what? He said, you got to love others like you love yourself. So if you don't love yourself, you can't love others right. That's not conceitedness like the earth would say. I love me like I love me like, you know, I'm all into myself. You're some narcissistic wacko. That's not what I'm saying. It's like, you got to love yourself because you know who you are in Christ. Once I know who I am in Christ, I can give away the love I got. God loved me so much, he gave his only begotten son. You don't think you're precious? you so precious. God traded up straight-up trade. You for him. Come on, man. But we got to believe that about ourselves. Yes, I love me. Yes, you love you. Come on, look at your neighbor say, I love me. Take, I, I love me some me. Wasn't that a movie? Wasn't that a movie? I love me some me. What was that? That's a movie, wasn't it? Wasn't that Jerry Maguire? Yeah, wasn't that Jerry Maguire? Evan, wasn't that Jerry Maguire? Where the dude was the football player? said, I love me some me. No, that was T.O. T.O. said that too. And the other guy, they all had it. T.O. got it too. said, I love me some me. Come on, man, try it. Say, I love me some me. Ain't nothing wrong with loving yourself. You ain't conceited. God so loved you. How am I going to love Jerry if I don't love me? You know why You if you don't love you? You're not going to love people with a purity of love because you're going to be so self-absorbed with yourself all the time, always thinking about what you need and what you have and what you don't have and what you don't do. You got that kind of marriage, you got a mess, man. The problem with marriage is this and the problem with relationships is this. I can fix your marriage and your relationship in eight minutes, but people don't listen to me. But you should, I said, because I, they don't, because it lasts for three days. You start getting up every day and stop thinking about what you need and what you gotta have and what you don't have and what you don't see. You get up tomorrow morning and go, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna do what's most beneficial for my spouse. You live in a 2-4, Philippians 2-4, Ephesians 6-8, your life's going to change. Philippians 2-4 says, I don't get up thinking about the things of myself. I think about the things of somebody else. And 6-8 says, whatever good I sow into you, God will sow into me. Once you start living Philippians 2-4, 6-8, your whole life changes in relationship. I stop worrying about what everybody's going to do for Pastor Chris tomorrow and get up and wonder, what can Pastor Chris do for the world? Come on, you understand what I'm saying? I get up and say what can my kids get? And you know, as guys too, we're the worst because we feel underappreciated sometimes. But you get up tomorrow and you're just like, "Hey man, I'm going to live the 2468." Woo! <laughs> you get up in the morning and you're like, "I'm going to think about what good I can do for everybody else." And when you start living in that mindset, and you start building that life, and you start going forward with that, man, and you start living in the 6-8, Ephesians 6-8, Ephesians 6-8, good, we're going to go. Ephesians 6-8 going to do this one, right? It says, whatsoever I sow into you, God's going to sow into me. Right. So now I stop looking at how you're responding when I'm sowing. Because right. 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 that's why we quit. I'm loving her like fireproof my marriage. I, I did all this crazy stuff. You know, y'all prayer closeted all up. You know, you heard me laugh about this. It's kind of funny. You know, and then you're like, she ain't getting no better. She's worse. She ain't here to defend herself, so let's we'll leave it alone. So, and then you stop because I was good for three days and you didn't change automatically. Come on, I'm good at this. I see you a PhD. Yeah, and then you quit, right? Like, oh, this is good. We fireproofed our marriage. Three days. You did it for three days. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. You're breaking records. Look, I'm not being arrogant or being a jerk, but you know what I'm saying? I'm looking for three days and change. You don't see change. What do you do? I'm not waking up in love. Now you, you matter. And you know, guys, we're the worst, right? Now you, now you, now you really start getting scoochy. Because the dog gets more attention than me in that house. I'll tell you right here. I'm going to choke that little thing one day. <laughs> All you PETA to people don't come to my house because I don't really care about y'all. No, I love you. God bless you. I'm not going to hurt the thing, but he might just disappear. Joker, everybody gets excited. He go to the bathroom, the whole house claps. Yay! I was like, I went to the bathroom. Out in the bathroom, ain't nobody cared. Nobody cared about nothing. I ate my food. Yay! Nobody gave me a treat, Paul. I was like, anything? Snack? Maybe some? And then number two, I thought about this. I'm the only reason why this dog's alive. Because nobody feeds him. And God forbid they figured out where the water bowl is. It wasn't for me. But Sherry, he'd be pushing up daisies. But you know what? That's just the way it rolls. That's for the underappreciated men in the building. Come and get an amen. Come on, you know what I'm saying. We're not underappreciated, but sometimes it feels like all you do is give, and you're like, hey. And Matt, ladies, let me tell you, it goes both ways. You're the same thing. Like you're doing all the stuff, and he can't even wake up. He don't even know what day of the week it is, and he's like, oh, oh feed me. Oh, oh, you look hot. Oh, oh, you got like, you know, you got a cyborg over here you married in. It's like, oh, I'm okay. You're devastated and you're like how you doing? He's like, Oh, I like food. Yeah. He can't think and react and be emotional at the same time. I'm not picking on the guys, this ain't man bashing. It's just the way it works, man. I get it, I understand. Just start living in two, four, six, eight, you're gonna be okay, all right? Trust me. Trust me. Trust me, because men are motivated by their eyes and women are motivated by their emotions. <laughs> i can't go here all right, let's change subjects all right here you go i gotta go here it is ready last one write this down you got that 8 16 and 17 you're a co-heir what does that mean um i'm not god you none of us are god but we're the sons of god and you're a joint heir with jesus and a partaker of divine nature just because others do not partake in his divine nature of god is no reason you shouldn't what does this mean you're an heir you got to understand this When you accept Jesus as Savior and Lord, you're joined together with God's family. You become one of His children and you receive the same rights and privileges as Jesus. That's it right there. I'm done. You're a joint heir. That means that everything that Jesus did and everything Jesus has and everything Jesus has become, He's given to you. Take your place. Take your place. Find it in the Word and take your place. I'm going to pray for you. Close your eyes. Now, this is what I want your confession to be. Because I'm going to I'm gonna slide out, but I'm not going to slide out quick. I want you to get this. I'm being serious with this, and I want you to really pray about this, okay? I want you to make the Word of God your final authority forever today. I had it. It happened the other week. Like, mine is, but I got to go back and readjust me. Me. But I went in here, I went in here the other day. I said, look, God, straight up. I'm I don't know, something went to another level cuz we're in transition. I'm in transition, like you're in transition. I said, I don't care, bro. You said it. Nothing is moving me. Not that it was, but I'm not moving my mouth. I'm not going to complain. I like went to another level with God. Like, you know, Abraham went to levels. Peter, Jesus went to levels of commitment. He was committed, but then he had to go through Gethsemane. He was committed but then he had to walk through valleys of temptation. He was committed, but he still had to go through 40 days and 40 nights. There's next level commitments. See, you pray the prayer of consecration a lot of times in your life. This is the prayer of consecration. That it's it. You said it. That's it. Settled. I'm out. I ain't even got another idea nor mindset about it. This is it. Rubber meets the road. I'm done. That's it. The book first. That's it. If that's you today, bow your head. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I am 100% sold out on being a doer of the Word. Your Bible, your Word, is my final authority. From this moment forward, it's going to be the governing factor in my life, for my life, with my life. And I promise, from this moment forward, I take the Word of God as my final authority and everything I say, everything I do, And everything I believe. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, put your hands together. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.